It is Sunday, March 4th, 2018. I'm Anthony, and I'm here with Michael. This is Time Lapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, everybody. Good day, good day, listeners. We are back. Yes. We have a long episode, lots to talk about. Quite a bit to talk about. Very race-inspired today, I feel. Yeah, right? for sure, 100%. Yeah. But, um, uh, I guess before we get into all that, uh, Mikey, current events, what's been going on in your week? What's What's been happening to you? Nothing at all. Really? Tell me I did this again, Anthony. What? Remember a couple weeks ago when I closed all my tabs? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Again? Oh, jeez. I found it. Okay, good. Uh, do you want me to, while you're pulling that up, do you want I me to it. go my, my week in review? Okay, you want to go ahead? Okay, go ahead. Um, what did happen to me this week? Absolutely nothing other than I got to drive my brother's new Golf R. Cool. Uh, which was pretty fun. Uh, granted, I drove it like, you know, the plaza right there? Yeah. About how, five, 500 meters away. Okay. But you so got some, a little bit of twisties yeah, between yeah. here and there. I put it in race mode, which it does have. It has a race mode. It's got launch control too. Oh, interesting. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if you guys are looking for a relatively good uh, review on the golf R's, uh, the straight pipes actually recently did one. Oh, nice. They had two. They had a manual transmission and a DSG. Which one did they like better? Uh, they both each liked one and the other. Well, who, which one, who liked which one? Which one did Yuri like? The manual transmission. And he's the he's the casual consumer, isn't he? Uh, on their, or he gives well, the... That's kind of what their... It's like their shtig. Uh, their description shtig is. Shtig or shtig? I think maybe that's changed. Stick. Oh, okay. Shtick. Shtick. That's what it is. Um, and Jacob liked the uh, DSG. Really? Which... Interesting. I think that for for that car, like when I was driving it, it, it compares to like the RS and the Type R that's in that yeah. same category. It always gets associated with those. Yeah. And I think after driving that, it has a huge advantage over the other ones for mm-hmm. the simple reason that it's very tame and toned down yeah whereas the other ones are in your face and so exciting yeah um and it's offered in an automatic transmission which none of its competitors are that is true so it gets that advantage for the everyday person that wants a nice weekend driver yeah and a fun car to drive Mm -hmm. um and i think that's a huge advantage for them um but other than that it's pretty punchy it's pretty it's pretty fun it's Mm -hmm. got got some kick it's not as fast as the s5 you know it probably is actually while it's missing two cylinders and but yeah well Actually, yeah, zero to sixty. I think it. it it's probably up. it's probably up there. Yeah, it, it's quick. It's yeah. got the all-wheel drive. It it gets. I I didn't try the uh, the launch control. He did mm-hmm. not let me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, well, I can imagine. It's just, I, I've explained this to you before. It's that upright sitting uh, it's position. A hatch, yeah, I know it's a hatchback. But me coming You're... from like driving a Genesis Coupe and an S five. Yeah, and then low. Excuse me. Um, that low laying down stance. Yeah. Um, or seating position. I just prefer that so much more. You're used to a sportier position, yeah. yeah. That's I, I, let's, I, see, I, let's see when drive, you're 60, what you're what you'd rather be in. An F1 car, yeah. Um, yeah. But driving his GTI, driving the Golf R, I that's one thing I could never get over is the seating position, mm-hmm. and I don't think that'll change. Yeah, well, but good call, a uh, good car uh, overall for sure. I yeah. think so. I'd like yeah. to get some more time with it. Maybe mm-hmm. hopefully he'll take the truck to the cottage or something, and I'll mm-hmm. have the whole weekend with it. Who knows? That'd be a nice weekend. But um, definitely have to drive it some more. Yeah, fun though, for sure. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. how about yourself? Uh, it, yeah, I had some hatchback um mm. uh, excitement in in my life as well this week. 
Um, as many of you know, I work at a Honda dealership and this week we finished repairs on a brand new type R. We've talked about that type, type R, R yeah. that specific one. It had a small coolant leak. Um, and, uh, it was just from, from a clamp that was overstretched in England. Yeah, some shoddy workmanship out of England, it seems. Uh, Here we go. You know, shots, uh, shots fired at range. What am I to do? But, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> BitConnect, relax. Um, but... No, so there was an overstretched clamp, and it was causing uh, a small leak, uh, a small coolant leak from the lower rad hose. So right. just a back order on parts, and we had the car sitting for three weeks. How long did he have the car before this happened? He, I think, picked it up earlier in the winter. So he had it for a couple of months. Like he, mm. But it, I think it, 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 must be a, it must be a shitty feeling. Like I yeah. know when I had the S5, when I first originally got it, and as we've talked about, it got hit maybe eight to nine months into me having it, mm-hmm. it was just the worst feeling. Because yeah, it's, it's a brand new... Well, okay, under a year old, it's mm-hmm. a brand new car. Yeah. And for something like that to happen, for something like this guy, something that happened to this guy with his Type R, yeah. it's just the worst feeling. But at least it wasn't in like mid middle of the summer or even in like the spring. It, was, it right. happened it, in the it, dead it, of winter. If it was going to happen, yeah. same with my car. It happened before the summer. I yeah. got it back before the middle, like before the warm weather hit. Mm-hmm. For him, it ha- if it was going to happen, it happened at a good time. Exactly. And he yeah. got to battle the salty, trashy Toronto war roads with a rental. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but he finally came to pick up. So three weeks after he dropped it off, picked, uh, he picked it up. We uh, Before he picked it up, we went out with the shop, or I went out with the shop foreman just to make sure the car was driving normally. Brought uh, it to a most sport. Of course, you know, tracked it. No, of course not. Anthony, if you're listening to this, uh, we took very good care of your, of your, uh, of your baby. Uh, but we did have to also make sure that the corrosion was off the rotors. If you guys are right when yeah. a car sits over time, moisture builds up on the on the stainless steel rotors and they tend to corrode. And it's kind of crappy, first of all, to walk up to your car with corroded rotors. Yeah. Second of all, to then hear the as you brake and you feel the vibration. So we just had to scrape that off by and taking it for a little drive. I was just going to say, the only way to do that is to drive and brake, right? Yeah, exactly. Slow is down. there is there another way to do it? Absolutely not. No. Yeah, that's what I figured. it's not to the point. Like if they're severely corroded, you have to machine the rotors back smooth. But, but un- unless it's sitting for yeah, very, like months on end, yeah. and they were already bad to begin with. Then what do you happened. mean months on? So you're trying to tell me my S5 when I take it up? Your S5 is probably not sitting it. Well, there might be corrosion on it, but it's not in like a moisture rich environment, right? If in in our in our. Mm. But you, you'll, you'll be fine. Don't worry. Um, oh, God. But, uh, you know, so we did take it for a test drive. And I have to say, like, it is a really we – didn't, we didn't rag on the car. This is a customer's car. We're very professional. But um, the shop foreman did remark to me how nice the, the auto blip was. So right. much so that I felt the need to drive it on the way back from uh, – yeah. and, and I did I, – I didn't, of course, rag on the car. It's a customer's car. But I did – uh, get firsthand experience with that auto blip on the downshift. Something there, that rev matching, auto rev matching. Yes. Which is something that in the past I've always like said, oh, it's dumb. Like, why would you need it? Because I love driving manual and I love the, I love rev Being matching. Able it's to do part it, yeah. of it. But it works so well. It's hard to hit. Man, that's so exciting. Yeah. Like, honestly, the minute it goes through the gate, boom, and it goes right to the right RPM. Yeah. And the good, the benefit of it, I used to think that it would go to the right RPM, and if you hit the throttle, it would go higher. But it actually it totally, it, yeah. yeah. So no matter what foot motion you do, it's keep it's putting it at the right RPM, which is good because my first hesitation is to give throttle. Like yeah. that's how I downshift. 
but this just you, you still you still give it a whack with your foot but it just goes to the right thing so right. quickly and, and perfectly that's something i was so excited and i want to mm-hmm. try still like even when the the m2 first came out yeah. that was a big thing that they had and mm-hmm. it was advertised quite a bit and when i heard that it just made me so excited because again i'm a technology yeah. guy um i just think it's so cool and i want to try it so badly and and back to the m2 so in the in the type r you can shut that off Right, um, you can. It's a pretty easy setting to get to. Exactly, yeah. it's like you just a, you uncheck a box in the M2. I don't like the way that they did it to turn it off in the M2. You have to shut off traction control, yeah. which for me just seems like well, I mean, why do you have to choose between traction control and and this? See, I, I think that's BMW's way of looking at the knobs. We'll call mm-hmm. them knobs and saying, hey, you want to race? Well, you're gonna race. Yeah, uh, you're really good. you're gonna end up backwards <laughs> before you can hurt anyone. You're gonna end up ass backwards in a ditch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they're. That's I guess that could be used in in that sense. But uh, no, I mean, for for someone like me who maybe considers himself a bit of a purist, I, I like to sure. I like the rawness of yeah. driving manual. Um, it's kind of a pleasant experience. Like uh, it really changed the way I look at because you're getting that satisfaction of a perfect downshift yeah. every single yeah. time. Granted, if I'm driving, we always get that. Uh, of course, my but poor guy hasn't driven stick in years. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, wow. Yeah, but um, no, it's that satisfaction yeah. of always being able to achieve the perfect, and then just the noise. It's just. For me, that's satisfying. I have to say though, the the actual um, shifter, yeah. the 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 throw of the shifter, the the gate of this front wheel drive manual mm-hmm. car, has to be the best in the business. I haven't driven, really? I haven't driven, you know, the the uh, the manual cars they offer in Europe, but and I would assume that you know some some European manufacturers also make really really good front wheel drive manual cars, mm-hmm. but I have to say, until you've driven, it feels just like the S2000, nice. but not as like, not as battering. If you've driven an S2000, you know what I mean. Okay. Putting it into gear, into into the gate, is a very mechanical feeling. It, you okay. honestly feel like you're going right through a linkage. Um, whereas most Hondas, it feels a little bit rubbery. It feels like, right. it's nice because you can rag on it, but in the Type R, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, it goes boom, slots right in perfectly, and there's no movement, there's no play. It's really, really mechanical feeling. Yeah, but it's also easy enough to rag on and. That balance act is really where it shines. Um, so that that was cool. The seats are brilliant. Sitting in the seats, some of the best seats I've, I've ever sat in. Yep. They're comfortable, but they're heavily bolstered. And I finally learned how to get into those seats without crushing the um, the seat bottom bolstering. And sitting it sideways and flip your legs over. Yeah, well, there's that, or you just straddle it like a like a horse, mm. <laughs> and you hop in. Understandable. Um, yes. Who taught you how to do that? Mm. Uh, but. <laughs> One thing, one thing, a little bit of a right. gripe I think I had. Sorry, I'm just gonna, just gonna, just gonna go past that, mill past that. <laughs> uh, a gripe I, I had is kind of a similar gripe I had with driving the two liter Accord with the manual. The power comes on differently than you'd expect. It's a punchy car, it's a powerful car, but the the power comes on in such a way that it's it, it's just different, and and it's probably not the car. It's probably just me, but I'm picking up on it. Um, so. That, yeah, Type R, great. I mean, we both had exciting uh, weeks, I guess, with uh, with hatchbacks. But well, maybe... mine was more of an exciting nine minutes. Well, so what do you think mine was? Yeah, but your your family member owns that car. I, this was a work thing. I couldn't really I so. do anything with it. But uh, but yeah, um, I, I think guess... Anthony, you should get a Type R. Eh, we'll see. No, I like my Accord. Has there been anyone at your dealership that that got one? Uh, no, no one. Uh, no one that works okay. at the dealership. It's fifty thousand dollars Civic. So I know it, it. It's it's a lot of money, but I just mm-hmm. figure because I I know there were talks of someone. I forget who, but whatever. Uh, a lot of people have put their names in the hat. That, uh, that yeah, yeah, that time. I when, don't know if 
they're actually going to come through on delivery, but we'll see. Hmm. I've only, I, the, I have yet to see a different, what, what colors are available on the type? Only I've black only ever and seen white. white. Only black and white. Okay. For this year. Next year, I think they're either, I think they're making red available. In I Canada. would imagine it seems yeah. like a. And in the States, they have blue. I'm curious to see, of course, on the blue, yeah. um, American blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see one in black, all black, how that would look. I, the white looks better. I would, I, I know, because you see all the black and red accents and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll move on from there. Weeks in review yeah, over from, with. From amateur racing, we're going to move directly into professional Ooh, racing. Professional a little, racing. Uh, as you know, it's, I mean, an exciting time of year for me. F1 is coming up, and mm-hmm. I'm an F1 fan. And uh, this week we had something a little bit interesting in Spain. They're in uh, Catalonia doing practice. Yes. Uh, and testing. The first testing, the guys are getting out on their new cars. Catalonia wine mixer. Yep. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, and actually, on the second day of testing this week, they had snow. In Spain. Yeah, I think this world's coming to an end. It is. Yeah, we're, we're uh, something weird is Al, happening. Al Gore was right all along. Um, they it's had not. They it's had not global warming. It's climate change. Okay, check your privilege at it's the door. Global rotation. That's what I'm gonna call it. The world is we're flopping slowly, from side to slow, side. Yeah, we're we're, we're wobbling now. Um, but yeah, they had, they woke up with snow on the ground, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange. Um, the idea with testing is the guys get in their new cars, they get to test out the new tires, they work out all the kinks, they get used to different things, and unfortunately, they were only able to use really tready, if you want to, that's the word you want to use, and Do tires. They, so, I know they have rain tires. I would assume they use something close to a rain tire. Yeah, like, it's got to be, like, bad rain because tires. Because by the time they actually got onto the track, they waited it out, by the time they mm-hmm. got onto the track, it was a wet track. Yeah. Um, but still, with the cold temperatures, asphalt reacts differently. It's, and it's, nothing's going to heat game. up. They, yeah. they, they got a significant less, significantly less amount of laps in mm-hmm. that they did last year, um, but that was the end of the week. Basically, they had shitty weather, and they're hoping for a better week this week. Well, we'll see what happens um, there. Yeah. And I think uh, I got the thing right here. Oh, did not recognize my face. Apple. Come on, Apple. Get How many on. days? We got eighteen days, five hours, forty-three minutes, and forty seconds until the first race. Until the first. First race, yeah. Oh, there you go. Where's the first Australia. race? Australia. Australia. Cool. Right. Yes. So we can look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Start know. Of the F1 season. I don't know if anyone likes F1 here, but I think we have some some fans I think who are so. interested in F1. Uh, if you guys are wondering, I'm not. I I, I like F1. I don't follow it. Uh, but we're I, gonna force I Anthony into this one. If if we haven't told you yeah. guys, I think we're gonna try and get out to Texas this year. Yes. For yeah, the, that's uh, the plan. For the American Grand Prix, mm-hmm. they're at the Circuit of the Americas. Mm-hmm. Circuit of the Americas. <laughs> we so it's Circuit like such of a America. European way to say. What? So, like you know just circuit of the americas it just sounds so european it's like english but it sounds like a european thing uh i guess so. i don't know that's the track I name I, yeah. don't, I don't name them well whatever i don't know we're i'm excited for that yeah and i think we're every week we're gonna kind of well when the they we'll start rely, racing we're yeah. gonna kind of hit here and there and we'll rely on you for our current events as far as f1 is sure based. And, i kind of yeah. like it. and i will just give my my enthusiast insight on uh on f1 <laughs> sure but um don't like the halos <laughs> I'm Transfer- out, okay. transferring over from F1, we're gonna go into FE, Formula E, and specifically Jaguar. Um, Is it, sorry, what, what was that? Formula E. Oh, Formula E. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna go from F1 to FE, Formula E. Okay. Um, and for those of you cool. that don't know, clearly Anthony doesn't know. I was gonna say what that. <laughs> That's um, Formula Electric, if you want to call it. I don't yeah. know what they call it, but it's Formula. Cars and we know what, yeah, with electric know motors. Is, yeah, um, and for those of you that don't know, Jaguar is pretty involved in that, and they're mm-hmm. at the at the top in the in, with technology really? and their leaders. And 
Um, they're quite involved with it. And obviously it's showing because that's trickling down into their production cards. And just this week, they're showing off the E-Pace. I-Pace, no. I even, you have done this I, all day. <laughs> I even hesitated there and I'm like, okay, I want to say and do you, remember, do you remember when I first heard I of the know, E-Pace? The E-Pace yes. so, so this is a shout out to Jaguar. You guys really missed the mark in, in, in naming there. You named your normal SUV the E-Pace. Yeah. When people hear E these days, they think of E meaning electric. That's just the normal way of things. I know. And then you named your electric thing the I-Pace. They're just following because they have the XE, the XF, the I XJ. I know, I know. They're it's following a, that, but it's getting it's confusing, confusing with electric and... Yeah. Oh. Anyways, the I-Pace. What yes. it is is a fully electric SUV. Okay. Um, and I suppose their, dec- their only other competitor out there is Tesla. Because mm-hmm. um, really, who else out there from mainstream uh, mainstream brands are releasing fully electric cars at this moment? Forget about development. Uh, we know that Porsche is developing their Mission E. And they recently just... just um, I believe they left Le Mans and went directly into Formula E. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to progress with their electric technologies but they released this jaguar i-pace and from what i've seen it's forget about all the great things you know the, the energy efficiency it's faster than every other model x except for the p100d okay. which is their like two hundred thousand dollar super fast one yes and it's significantly less money than that i'm seeing that's the here thing it, 87 yeah, pounds yeah. Like half the price so i think this is the first time because we always talk about tesla, tesla is actually having some competition yeah because we always talk about tesla as a bargain brand meaning that you can get an electric car that competes with supercars because every other electric car that exists is a supercar and it's four million dollars yeah exactly uh but we see here a performance electric car being offered from a reasonable and from a mainstream brand yeah if you want to call it so what is the zero to 60 it's i think it says 400 or sorry 4.5 seconds here that's what i'm reading Uh, zero to 60 yeah and 4.5 seconds it's like it's impressive, but it's obviously it's not, 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 not shattering. What did I see? What did I see here? They did it at the Formula E track just mm-hmm. last week. They had the um, Model X 100D, mm-hmm. and they did zero to sixty and then braking right after. Mm-hmm. And the Jaguar beat it in every comparison. Maybe yeah. it was a heavily you know Jaguar. We're giving the Model X too much too much credit. Uh in the article I'm reading here, the Tesla Model X 100D. Yes, that's the one. 0 to 60 in 4.7. There you go. Which means that it it is still Still quick. Don't No, of course. Point, my my gosh, 4. Point in a for big, an SUV? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. That that's that's for and electric than, than my car, yeah. uh, which is a car. Right. Um yeah, no, that, that's still very very quick. Right. But the P100D is obviously substantially quicker yes but for at even at the 100d you're spending well over a hundred thousand dollars canadian mm-hmm. um and to be able to get something like this for around the 80s well u.s maybe yes i'd say probably around 100 for, the, for something like this the i-pace uh can go as much as eighty-one thousand pounds so we're oh okay we're over there. we're in the hundreds there's no two ways about it. This is an expensive SUV. Yes. Okay. You are getting the like the top of the you're getting brand new technology. Yep. So what what I think the Jaguar is doing with this, and and I'll be honest, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the interior of the Model X. I know it's very futuristic and yep. very cool, but I I think that it's such a departure from a regular car. Most Teslas are um, that I I kind of want to see a, an electric car that's 
Right. It's disguised as a regular See, car. See, and, and you get this with this because, as as you mentioned yeah. earlier, this looks like a Velar. It's got the Velar mm-hmm. interior, got the, kind of a similar exterior. Yeah. If you look at, do you have a picture of the rear of it open? Yeah. Um, and if we do successfully get this podcast on YouTube, we'll post some pictures. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're working out the kinks. Um, the rear of it looks exactly like a Velar. It does. Uh, um, so it's obviously taken from that. Yeah. Now, do you think by Jaguar doing this, Range Rover's going to pull something out? I don't an electric, like an electric SUV? I, I think that Range Rover is a long way from that because what people appreciate about Range Rovers right now is a lot of their, um, I don't know, it's like Cloud an authoritative, factor. yeah. Like, so <laughs> being electric isn't really part of that. Yeah. You want the big engine. You don't want to worry about having it sitting, sitting charging. And Range Rover always prides itself on making like crazy, uh, like um, what, what's it called? Unstoppable uh, terrain vehicles. Electric doesn't fit in with that because right there, your range is limited. So I can see an Evoke, an electric Evoke coming out. I can't see a full-sized Range Rover electric vehicle for the next little while. Yeah. Um, and that's all despite the fact that we know most people who buy Range Rovers do not off-road them. They're not taking them, at least in this country, in, in yes. Canada and the U.S. I think I think it's pretty common everywhere. Yeah, but I just feel like... It, they 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 may make one for the stateside here. I don't see it doing well in Europe where people actually use their Range Rovers, yeah. you know, to go off into the country and stuff right. like that. So that's fair enough. But Jaguars are a good brand to do it with. Uh, yeah. Like you said, they're they're, they're heavily involved in Formula E, in, in Formula e yeah, and, so and they, it shows right here. Yeah, they built up technology. I'm just excited to see finally a Tesla competitor. Yeah, like how long we've we been waiting for this. We, we the only competitors Tesla's right now are for the, the Model Three. Yeah. And I think people are, I think Jaguar came in at a good time because it's mm-hmm. very early on. Yeah. Um, virtually, they're the only ones out there doing it other than Tesla. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, especially with millennials, a lot more people are accepting electric vehicles. A hundred percent. So they're coming the, in at the a really good time. The clout factor for millennials, the clout factor for millennials is the electric car. Yeah. We, see, we see that with the i8, uh, you know, around like Instagram. Uh, yep. Instagram. What do you call them? People who are famous on Instagram. Uh, sort of social media influencers. Yeah, influencers. The i8 was very popular, yeah. uh, and I think it'll be the same thing for uh, for this. Uh, yeah, e- I think this car's going to do I-Pace. very well. I pace. Yeah, yeah. I pace. I think it's going to do really well. Yeah, especially with its branding around mm-hmm. Formula E. A little bit excited about it, and I'll be honest, the whole pace lineup does not excite me, but I'm a little bit excited about this one. Really, the yeah. e pace. I, I really like the e pace. Yeah, um, that's eh. not the electric one. Yeah, it's I, a small little. You hear that phone ringing? I hear that That's phone ringing. That's the phone ringing from the offices. Uh, I see. But we will ignore that. We'll I'm ignore sorry the for phone. You. Sorry, uh, listeners. Um, but we can look forward to some more information about this at Geneva. Yes. Um, which is coming starting this coming week. Uh, Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. More excited about that. And something else that we have that's exciting from Geneva mm-hmm. are the Alfa Romeos. Yes. And they just announced this week that they're debuting Nurburgring Special Edition Julia's and Stelvio mm-hmm. Quadrifolios. Quadrifolios. Right off the bat, how do you feel? How do you feel about these? First instinct? Yeah. I think they look dope. They look real mean. They now, look crazy. They already looked really mean from the beginning. But no, but these are like, these are bringing out, I think these will be attractive more to younger people. Uh, they're your younger audience because, I don't know. There's a thing with. Well, okay, hold BM- on. Sorry to say. I think Hold on, one, of our, one of our cameras is shut off. What has happened? Which one? Yours is still running. It's yours, Anthony. Sunday. What is wrong with your camera? I don't know. We gotta let's we gotta look into this. Yes, we gotta figure out what's going Kay. on. Okay, before we get into these Alfa Romeos, 
Let's take a break. Yeah. We're going to cut right here. And uh, we'll be back. We are back. We are you back. You can see us. Anthony's camera's having... It's been having some trouble. I don't know. I hate you. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we ended up getting the exact same camera identical model mine works flawlessly anthony's we thought it was a card issue i have no idea i can't figure yeah. it out but don't make it sound like it's my problem it's a it's camera not. It's, problem it's the camera problem uh, we're gonna after, right after yeah. this we're we're storming down to that store we're going to henry's no uh, um anyway i have no idea i cannot figure it out but yeah. anyways getting back to the julia mm-hmm. and if you guys hear uh you better believe we're stopping <laughs> <laughs> because you, we, you better believe that camera's shutting down <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it's forcing itself to shut down, and we yeah. can't figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, um, I think it, they'll be, be attracted to a younger audience. They're only making 108 of these. Really? Each. Wow. 100, that... 108 of the Stelvio and 108 of the... So this Alpha Julia. is already... like Okay, the Stelvio and the Julia Quadrophilio are already fairly rare. I mean, we see so few uh, at the moment because they're pretty expensive. Like These are... I think they're, they're, they, they come 100. off the production line as you order them. I don't think they have too many in stock. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, it, now they're making an even more special edition uh, a car of a car that is so new that it's still considered special edition to have a regular quadri- right. a quadrifolio. Um, so, obviously, yeah. these are Nürburgring editions, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. kind of um, a throw or like um, a, a tip of the hat to their Nürburgring times mm-hmm. because when the Stelvio Quadrifolio came out, it was the ring holder uh for its class same with julia um and this is kind of just a nod to the tip of the hat to that um very cool i I, you asked me what's my first impression on them you know i like the color scheme gray and black Mm -hmm. i spec my car like that my mom's car spec like that um it's the black rims all the carbon the exposed carbon roof Mm -hmm. uh, this the carbon seats uh it's just really cool in my opinion that's just that's it Really uh, cool. I mean, but as far as uh, aesthetics, what is different about this car? I can tell it's, they're both lower. Other than that, they probably have larger brakes, but they, and the so, color scheme. So I think what these are, because the, the carbon sparkle seats are offered for the regular Julia Quadrifoglio. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's an option. Okay. The carbon ceramic brakes are an option for the, for the Julia. I think what these are, are just carbon fiber inserted, fully loaded, quadrifolios with a exclusive color scheme mm-hmm. um that's what they're doing there which hey i i don't know if there's a price revealed on it yet but um provided that's not astronomical mm-hmm. i think they're pretty cool yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how i don't know how you would even get one no i mean they're, they're so how you said 108 yeah why because it was the time like one does that have anything to do what with is the 108 time? i saw it somewhere what is 108 I don't remember. 108 year history. Yes. In case you're wondering. Yes, 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 yes. that's yeah. it. They're 108 years old. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah. What do I you mean, think? I, I like them. I, I, I'm i a huge fan of the regular uh, Quadrifoglio. Yep. The Stelvio is cool, but I really do like the like the Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, Stelvio, of course, uh, being the SUV, Julia being the sedan. It's it's very cool. Uh, does it is it as big a jump for as uh, the old Black Series used to be for AMG? Or the M4 GTS was. I don't think that's no. what they're going for. No, yeah, they're they're definitely toning it down. Uh, it'll be more interesting to see when we have specs at Geneva. Um, see the horsepower ratings if those change dramatically, which I doubt. But probably I think seeing it's more a thirty. Appearance. Yeah, it'll be a, a marginal bump in horsepower. 
Uh, but hey, it's a beautiful car to begin with. It, it's just cooler looking now. Uh, and like you said, that color scheme is very millennial centric. Like it's yes, going yes, to appeal yes, yes, to yes. millennials, very like industrial looking and cool. So, uh, I, good, good for, good for them. Um, yeah. and hopefully we see uh, even hotter version come out, like, you know, like a DTM car for the road. Sure. You know, that'd be really cool. And, but. and again, at, at Geneva, they'll be, they'll be releasing a little bit more information on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and jumping right into hotter versions of cars in Geneva. Oh, boy. Look at you with these clean Most, transitions, Mikey. Uh, yeah, that makes it even more clean, Anthony, by saying it. <laughs> by saying how clean um, the transitions are. <laughs> McLaren. So we know recently McLaren released the McLaren Senna. Yes. Kind of a tip of the hat to both Senna and um, kind of their modern McLaren F1 replacement yes. type thing. Yes. Not really a replacement, but Well, it's the same. It occupies car. the same space the P1 yeah. did when it yes. came out. So... They said, "Hey, that's not enough." Yeah, let's uh, let's MSO this bad boy. Um, and for those of you that don't know, MSO is McLaren Special Ops, mm-hmm. um, and what they do is they customize the car even more for you. What this base, what they've done here is essentially added an exposed carbon version uh, or option available to Senna owners. Mm-hmm. Um, how many units are they making of these? Sixty-seven, okay. I believe. I think 67 of these MSO centers will be available. Um, they have the yellow stripes added to it. Yeah. Um, and and is that like harking back to his yellow helmet? Yeah. So, and you can see the calipers are green as well. Yeah. He had that kind of exactly. color scheme going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about 300,000 $300, pounds for this. This option. Yeah. Exposed carbon and the color, Jeez. the MSO option. Yeah. I got okay. On got, top of the seven hundred fifty thousand pound cost of the car, I gotta say it. Uh, and I'm sorry, internet, for you know, <laughs> McLaren. But yes, the, I think the this package makes the car look better. But it is still it, all it's doing. It's it makes the car look better, but it's also showing off how gross the lines are. <laughs> Because yeah. it's 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 it just honestly looks like it was made by a computer, and it's a little bit it's disappointing to see this after the release of a P1 and a 720s. Yeah. The P1 was like it looked raw and even visceral. This looks like with the release of the 720s, you're getting. I got so excited to see what was next to to, to um, what would be the word uh, to follow the P1, mm-hmm. um, because generally it would take the same lines of whatever else is in their model yeah. range, but yeah. they kind of just went a whole different route with this one. I don't know. Like, I honestly think that there's two things that just get me when it comes to the, the, to, I'm going to call it a P15. I'm not going to call it a Senna. I'm mm-hmm. going to call it P15. To the P15. One is the use of the name Senna. I don't know why they chose this one. I think that the old one, Senna did not drive a technologically advanced car. For the time, it was technologically advanced, but not by what we consider today advanced. He drove okay. a pretty raw car. He had a stick shift and a clutch. Because that, that's what was the technology for the time. Exactly. Okay. Sorry, but where he shined was his ability to to go beyond what technology afforded him. He he found grip in cars that were difficult to find grip in. If you're gonna if you're gonna appeal because to that, that was name, the, that was the time though. You yeah, gotta but, remember, but, it was a different time. But he did it differently than other people. Is what I'm saying. He, and he, you don't think his, McLaren is doing this car differently than all the other companies around? And what why they're by doing? making it ugly? It's. I'm sure it's going to be insanely fast, and See, so this, that's this was what McLaren's they're appealing excuse. to. I don't necessarily agree with this. Ex- call the Hamilton. I, hold on. No God. Yeah, more suits it. But um, I'm I'm going to call this an excuse because I don't really agree with their mm-hmm. logic here. But they basically said we made it this way 
because it's here to break records and destroy a track. That's basically a way of saying we made it ugly. So are they saying like that's what Senna did? He broke records so, yeah. and and he was unstoppable. Okay, in in that respect, I understand it. Uh, but okay, that was the first I think, thing I, I didn't like about it. The second thing I can't even remember now because I'm just staring at an an elephant. I think it'll grow. Elef- uh, elephantism is that what it's called? Ele- elephantitis. That's what it seems like it has. Oh, it's God. growths all over the. Anthony, we talked car. about certain things. You have to, you can say and you can't say <laughs> you on can't this say podcast. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, they. The 720 is gorgeous. The mm. si- the uh, 520 is or five sorry 570 or 540 yeah. They're gorgeous. The P1 was beautiful. I don't understand where this came from. This yeah. concoction of of lines and angles and we gotta vents. forget you. We, I think we got away from what we're talking about here. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. The we're talking about the MSO. The we're MSO. Not, we we yeah. we ranted about the Senna a couple you're weeks right, ago. You're right. I'm just ranting. This is another opportunity rant. But okay, that's a three hundred dollars three hundred thousand dollar markup. That pound, is a, pound, that is pound pound pound. You sorry three hundred thousand pound markup. That is Lamborghini Performante money. That is Ferrari four eight eight piece of money. And you're going to do More. that just to decorate? That's your... $550,000 Canadian. Okay. So... Which doesn't surprise me, to be honest, for this MSO option, because um, the P1 had an exposed carbon option for $600,000 Canadian. Okay. So it, it's there. It's at the same They've price. They've done it. They've done it. But right. <laughs> Actually, no. we, we haven't. Did you know we have an exposed um, carbon P1 in the area? No, I did not. Um, he goes by the name of, what's his name? Don't the tell me. Cars. Timothy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tim Schmidt. Shout out to Tim Schmidt. Uh, the happy hippie on Instagram. He's got yeah, a he's lot of cool cars. pretty popular in the area. He he just picked up a Chiron. Yeah, he has the exposed carbon P one. Mm-hmm. Like ridiculous cars. And yeah, like door. cars. The, the the cars that you that you that he has an Instagram page in his garage, basically. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, and if you guys don't know him, look up the happy hippie. It's spelled weird. I forget how it is. Yeah, but, yeah, but you'll there. find it. Yeah, he'll uh, definitely find it. Yeah, but very, yeah, he's got cool cars. Uh, but uh, I don't know. This MSO edition, super expensive. Yeah, a lot of carbon fiber. I personally really like MSO mm-hmm. as and their idea, but this, yeah, yeah. But again, like this is so. I'm gonna call it imaginary. This car is so like expensive and cartoony, radical, yeah. and it, it's just I can't even. My like, eyes don't know where to look. Like I can't forget find that. One I can't even comprehend what's going on because it would no like it would never even be a consideration for me to like to obtain this car. Yeah. So I wouldn't even. It's like, I can't know, even comprehend you know, what's. You going know on. how I can well it's too that, much. there's that, but you know how I can best define this. If someone changed one thing on this car, like I wouldn't be able to identify it. Right. If someone there's a lot if someone took on. this drawing and changed the way the drawing looked. I wouldn't be able to identify it. If someone took a 488 Pista and changed something on the car, I would be able to see it because my eyes, they know the general shape. This car to me has no general shape. It, I see an old Acura NSX. I know. Right? You know Bro, when, it's a race car. Hold on. I, I see the, the roof line of an old Acura NSX, the, the original one. But then there's a, a wing out of a, a straight DTM car. It's so big and thick. Like, it's cool looking, but it, it's huge. And it has no place. The back looks totally different from the front. And yeah. they're totally disjointed. They don't they don't flow. And I think the exposed carbon option here just it, it makes that stuff worse. Because you, you're you not mixing colors. Yeah, but you, you know, know that'll the, sell. It'll obviously Can sell. Can I say something? Yes. I really, really like the color scheme of the yellow and those calipers. Like, the the... the I like the car and the cool. yellow and the calipers. Yeah. I like the way they did that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just so crazy. It's it is. too much. Yeah, like like I said about the um um the A Spark Owl. When we yeah. were talking about it last week and I said 
it's just so much money. Yeah, that, that mean, I don't even. It's like, like you, I don't, don't even, even want to talk about it. But like, we're talking about here on the podcast, even though we don't care. But I think it's more so because it's an MSO, and I like MSO. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're still we're still fans of McLaren, so we like to talk about stuff when it comes out. Um, but yeah, again, this will be all revealed at Geneva, I believe. They're yeah. gonna have it there. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned something about a D, about DTM, mm-hmm. and that kind of rung a bell in my eyes. And recently, big fan of I'm a big fan of this guy, mm-hmm. Jan Olsen. Yes, or John Olsen, John whatever Olsen. you want to call him. Jan. Well, he's he's European, so yeah. Say he, how they would say it. For those of you that don't know, back in the day, maybe two or three years ago, he had a DTM inspired RS6. Mm-hmm. Um, that Avant. was Avant. Yes. Yeah, of course. You're big up. difference there. Yeah. Um, which he eventually went on to sell but shortly after he sold it i think it was stolen and burned to the ground like weird it made no big news. They, they stole it but then the people that stole it the, the i think this came out they, when they got caught mm-hmm. they didn't realize that it was a famous car because he's oh, really see. popular yeah. and when they found out that everybody in the world knew about this car mm-hmm. because it was in the gumball and whatnot they just got rid of it. Yeah, of course. And what better way than to just burn everything? Yeah, but it's it's yeah. kind of sad to see. But in recent events, he had, he had just recently um, got rid of a Rolls Royce Wraith that he uh, modded, I guess you would call. Mm-hmm. He does weird things to cars. Uh, he obtained another RS6 and brought it over to ABT, a company that I'm really fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen their recent RS5? No. The green one? You've probably seen I it floating think, around on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, you know what? I have seen a green RS5. It's yeah, really cool. They, man, yeah. I, I just like what ABT does. And he Well, explain what ABT is, I guess, for people uh, who don't who aren't aware. They're just a tuning company. They're a performance company, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like Brabus or... Uh, I believe so. And you know what? I think they are like the preferred tuning company for Audi. Yeah, Audi, hear, Volkswagen. Yeah. Uh, Sco- no, another company. Skoda? That would be weird. It, 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 was, it, was, it was... Hold on. I'll tell you right now. Seat. Uh, Launcha. Relax. I'm just going to start naming Let obscure me European companies. And while you do that, I'm going to go, la, 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 la. Lambretta. You know, we got the slow internet here. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. It's coming. But anyways, um, we'll, again, hopefully we got Anthony's camera working here and we will post it. But um, he got a new RS6 from there. Mm-hmm. And we got models here. Hold on. Uh, Volkswagen. Seat. Say that. And Skoda. And yeah, so both. Wow, I, I named everything. Seat or what? How do you pronounce it? Seat. It's pronounced Seat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know these things. Yeah. I don't speak English. I'm sorry, you're not, I'm sorry you're not European. Um, Volkswagen and Audi. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> I dream of having an ABT Audi. Come on. Well, whatever. Well, what really do you like think? Him. What do you think of Jan Olsen's new RS6 of all? Let's focus so on that. So, what he did here was he, all, I, if you guys don't follow him, all of his cars are camo in some way. Mm-hmm. Most of them snow camo. He's a professional. Was a professional skier. Yes, that's um, his claim to fame. He had a house in Spain that he literally painted snow camo. Everything he does is snow camo. He owns a line of backpacks. They're all snow camo inspired. Hmm. Um, so he couldn't decide what he, if he wanted a white cam, a white snow camo or a black camo car. So he split it right down the middle and they made it half half. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it's interesting to look at. Uh, I don't hate it definitely don't hate it um i think i think it, it, it's a weird thing 
But if if it was going to be done, this is the way to do it. <laughs> they did it right if it's going to happen. When you split the color of a car down the middle, it's just a publicity tactic. I mean, there's no real design in right. splitting the color of a car. A car is a it's a solid piece. Yeah. It's not made up in two. When you split it down the middle, it doesn't make any sense because right. we know cars aren't built that way. So it's just a publicity tactic. Yep. I, I I think it's just cool that you look at it from one side and it's black and then you go on the other side and it's white and it's all one car. Uh, apart from that, yep. when you're looking at it head on, it looks weird. It looks like it's signage. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like it's... Granted, he know, does partake in like gumball and all that stuff and, and he uses these cars for yeah, that. It makes sense for something like that, yep. for sure. Now, this, is this a wrap that he has on it or did he actually paint the car? No, they're usually wraps. Okay, of course. He, yeah. it, it's actually really cool. He gets pretty involved in the process of making it and mm-hmm. he often tapes off the the lines and mm-hmm. uh for all the camo and what he wants can we get the people to hear how it sounds we will do that well can i do, i have the video right now can i pull it up sure and if i can successfully edit this into a youtube video anthony then well then it'll be we will better. okay so here i'm just gonna play you want so, me to do it my computer's louder well okay whatever <laughs> don't 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 shit on my 2011 macbook pro bro still know. running still kicking it's anthony, vintage anthony anthony relax, relax. Oh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it has like over 700 horsepower, maybe 800. Here, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, start. Jeez, man. Sounds like an AMG. Okay. All right. It's really cool. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I'll show you the, the if actual. You, if you guys are listening, on. definitely pull up the the R. I I'm a fan of I'm a fan of wagons. I really have started yeah. to like them, and and this RS6 Avant is really tastefully done. But if they could make it sound like that, that sounds go, unbelievable. No, forget about EK. You know what? Go on to Jan Olsen's Instagram. Yeah. You'll see a bunch of shots of it. Mm-hmm. But go on to ABT's website and see their not so crazily done RS6 RS6s, and they're really what's nice. the power plant in the RS6? V, is it a V6 or a V8? It's V6. Uh, V6, I believe. Yeah. Probably a, a super and super and turbocharged V6, similar to what what you have. Like yeah, we should V6. probably get more prepared for this, but I think it is. Well, but uh, okay, honestly, the Jan Olsen effect is less about the base car and more, more about, about what he's show. done to it. So yeah. I guess uh, moral of the story here is, you know, his old one burned down. He finally has a new one, and even in this little publicity video they made for it, they call it Project Phoenix because it's he's basically resurrecting his. RS6 from the ashes yeah. would have been a hell of a lot cooler if they had saved the chassis of the old one and then retrofitted new did stuff you, into it. Did you see the the, but, the remains of it when they were craning it away? Yeah, it was, it was just totally burned. It was bad. Well, yeah, I guess the chassis integrity and, st- and the structural integrity of the car would be shot after that. Yeah. But that, you could call it Project Phoenix if you're going to f- bring it back to life. <laughs> Not if you're just going to buy a new RS6. I, you know what? I never even, <laughs> bu- I never even un- like read into that. That, what? It, that. That's why they called it Phoenix. Yeah, it's, I don't even right know if he... Yeah. Because... I, I do watch all of his videos, and yeah. um, there's one of his buddies. They were skiing in Japan a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. his buddy, he's a photographer, Oscar Bakke. Yeah. And if any of you like cool photography, he has like even auto photography. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of that. Um, he They were talking about, oh, what should we name this car? What should we name it? And he said Phoenix, the guy, the photographer. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think that's whatever. And I think, yeah, I didn't even read into that. You know, because the be moral honest. the moral of the Phoenix is that you I have under- something and it burns to the ground, and then you go out and buy a better version of that thing. <laughs> no, okay, I'm kidding. But uh, so I just I just think that's funny. They call it Project yeah. Phoenix. We're gonna continue on with a little bit of Jon Olsen, 
But before yeah. that, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Not because, hey, you know what? Anthony's camera is still running. It's running. Yeah. But we're going to take a little short bathroom and drink break. Oh, and, you uh, got to go use the potty. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be right back. We are back. We are back. And I hate to inform you guys. We're having more issues with cameras than we thought. Camera trouble. For the last five or ten minutes, my camera wasn't recording. It is honestly testing our patience to the point where... We're just gonna we're just gonna throw these cameras in the garbage. Yeah, these investments no, but, of ours. You know, if anyone records for a long time, you know, give us a shout. Yeah, give us, us a shout on. Uh, let us uh, teach us how the the world of, of recording. There's clearly videos. something wrong here, and uh, well, I, I think we we we'll, we'll we, it out. we're overclocking our devices. Is what we're doing. Probably. But anyway, you know, what, but too bad. You want. I mean, car uh, cars get overclocked all the time. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but anyway. anyways, going going back on about Jan Olsen's RS6. Just recently, yes. um, he. Didn't really partner up, but he kind of well, got a little got a little itch. Um, he was recently featured wearing a Roger Dubuis watch. Yes, um, and that exact watch is whoa, called the Expal Excalibur Spider Pirelli Soto Zero Double Flying Tourbillon. So, uh, for people who who are just just heard what you said, yes, that is right. We're talking about a watch that is. It has. It was on the wrist of Jan Olsen. Yes, and is has the name Pirelli in the name. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is quite an interesting piece. Definitely mm-hmm. draws from a lot of automotive. Uh, has a lot of automotive hints. But I'll let you explain further about maybe the background first of Roger Dubuis. Yeah. So uh, he's a pretty well. Pretty well, his brand is inspired from the automotive automotive industry. I think. Um, I I don't know a whole bunch about him. Just just looking on his website, he's got a Lamborghini line, a Pirelli line, and that's it. Um, And obviously all of his watches, if you look at the Lamborghini line, actually it's really cool. The the strap is Mm kind of like the the seat of a Lamborghini. Interesting. Um, But this one specifically, I think he's partnered with Pirelli and their Soto Zero line of um, winter winter wheels, Mm -hmm. um, both consumer and racing. And they're pretty cool. You can see here on the strap, there's the studs, as you would in a when you're driving on the ice. But uh, what do you think, like just aesthetically, given this watch? I mean, so okay, I think I think it's very important to understand the world of Roger Dubuis before you understand the watch. Yeah, just from from what it's I've very, read here. Like, yeah, go on. This is hot. This is hot horology. Hot horology. However, they yeah. pronounce it. This is like the pinnacle of of design and tourbillon movements yep. and, and having very impressive skeleton dials yeah. yeah but uh it's very separated from from what most people can can afford a hundred percent yeah They're, we're looking like multiple hundreds of thousands of yes dollars. these are the ex- these are extreme uh watches yep uh, so there's one in fact that uh, is uh, i guess like a tribute to velvet caviar mm-hmm. the strap is looks like caviar yeah um and there's diamonds everywhere. So when the they, he makes a, a sportier watch, uh, like this one here, the Excalibur, what's Pirelli Soto Zero? Yep. It's interesting. Uh, does it tickle my fancy? No. I would have to agree. Um, it, again, it's that whole thing of it's so unattainable yeah. that like you're almost like, eh. But it's just the fact of its connection, and it, it relates back yeah. to what we were talking about last a uh, couple of weeks ago about these YouTubers partnering with watch companies and mm-hmm. watch companies that we don't necessarily agree with. It's refreshing to see, especially someone like him who's notoriously known for 
not collaborating with any other YouTubers, yes. not collaborating with any brands unless mm -hmm. he's directly involved with the brand or he's a friend. He's talking about Jan Olsen. Yeah. yeah. Or a friend is directly involved with a brand or, or just stuff that he's passionate mm -hmm. about and stuff that personally he uses or whatever. Yeah. And he's to see that he's partnering with them, a, a real prominent watch company mm -hmm. it's just refreshing to see that yeah even though this is crazy and super unattainable and there's only eight of these made and they're probably three hundred thousand dollars us so what you're saying is you appreciate what this watch stands for yeah yeah uh, i think i can agree with you there i the aesthetics don't really i don't do much it's for me. super extreme yeah but it's, it's kind of like cool to see at the same time maybe yeah. when you watch the videos on youtube of see mm -hmm. all the mechanics moving and whatnot it is pretty cool yeah um but I, I, I just again, I, it's I that super of, thing of the extreme that kind of throws yeah, me off. Yeah, and and looking at it, I mean, it's interesting that they made it, but it really does not tickle my fancy in the same way. Another, it's big watch, Mike. Forty-seven mil. Forty-seven million. Oh my god, it's good. It's, it's just okay. I'm, sorry, I'm gonna say I'm gonna use the word disgusting. Forty-seven millimeters is disgusting. Forty-five <laughs> I think, millimeters. I think is they large. make a. I think they make a fifty mil. Ew. Yeah, Ew, really for big. what? What do you do? You, just visibility? That, that's, that's ridiculous. That was a style, man. Style was. Look, years was ago, a style. Like, so, at some of the Breitlings, they're like... Yeah, I know. Was a style. I will say, yeah. well, this is a brand new watch. Well, then right? I think you have to call Mr. Roger. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Dubois. Dubois. Have a <laughs> what are you doing? 50 millimeter watches. 50 hour power Go buy reserve. an Invicta watch for oh the 50 millimeter Invicta go, watch. Anthony. There you go. Same style. Uh, uh, we'll put we'll put two... Uh, Two plastic lenses on either side. There you go. Uh, uh, no, it's extreme. What, what are you saying? It is extreme, but that's. I think that's what Roger Dubuis is. It's very. That is true. It, it's a world of extreme. I think that a yeah. world of extremes. I think is his tagline. A world. That's actually. Yeah, a world of extremes. That's the. That's the tagline for the watch here. Dare to race. Yeah. And and how do I feel about that Pirelli Soto Zero strap? In case you guys are wondering, it's like a. It's like it looks like a rubber okay. thread with with studs. Yeah. Because it's a winter a winter, winter race wheel. tire, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's cool that it's flashy. Yeah, it makes it more flashy. Okay, now take away those studs. Do you like that strap? Uh, no, I still don't. So I, you, I even don't on want like a on strap a, that has tire tread you, on, on Amelia Amelia. No, all of them have it. Absolutely not. Okay. No, I when it comes to uh, race a lot inspired, of a lot of vintage, race inspired strap rubber straps have tire tread on them. I've seen them to, a to lot. the point where it looks like a tire. Like yes. Okay, I don't know. I, Look at I, the Mille Amelias. Have I? Have I? I don't know if I've seen. It's a rubber strap or a leather strap pressed. Rubber. rubber. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I like rubber straps, but I I don't I don't right. I wouldn't want to wear a rubber strap with a tire imprint, tire tread imprint stamped mm. on it. For me, to me, that's a very niche thing. Right. You know. For me, on a watch like this, mm -hmm. I think it suits it. Because it's so extreme. Yeah. But if I'm buying a watch like a Mille Emilia, mm -hmm. which is more toned down, I don't wear that either. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It just seems like a chintzy thing to do. Seems it's like it's like childish. Yeah. It has no purpose. But again, it's, on a watch like this, it, it adds it adds to its whoa quirky. Here's another interesting fact. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's sort of what these things stand for. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, on the whole, preparation H on the whole. Uh, you know, you don't oh know Austin Powers Anthony. fan. Uh, I'm not Anthony. a huge. I am not a huge fan of this. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll be that. I'll be honest. Right. I like John Olson. I've grown to like his How, stuff. But uh, yeah, the because fact of me. He, whatever. How about the idea? Like I said, behind it of him partnering with 
a real watch brand rather than the everyday. Oh, of course. Movement. We get yeah, Vincero. Uh, this is a much more. Right, did you notice? We didn't even do a wristwatch check, and I'm wearing a Vincero today. Don't even, Mikey. No, everyone knows you're not wearing a Vincero. But yeah, no, of course it's refreshing to see someone going in the opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, but this is the complete opposite. Like we're talking about two extremes. Right. We're talking about YouTubers receiving sponsorship for uh, for promoting what is in reality is not a, a value proposition watch. It's complete opposite. And, and that's really the point. Like, yeah, if you like the way Vincero watches look, buy them. But don't don't be fooled into thinking you're getting a value proposition. That's right. not what a value proposition is. A value proposition is a watch that actually has residual value. Mm-hmm. You're and and how okay and this is another thing. I'm going to go on a bit of a, a watch rant here, but it's very important. What what is considered a watch with residual value? A watch that has, what is a is sorry considered a watch with resale value? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, markets dictate resale value, and we know that these these micro branded um, uh, sorry micro branded brands like Movement. We'll call we'll still call them a micro brand. Movement, Vincero, uh, Original Grain. They do not have good resale value because their components are not uh, it, just the components and the design is not something that conti- uh, continues past the first owner. Mm-hmm. They are impulse buy watches. The reason why Seiko SKXs, for example, or uh, you can even say Swatch uh, System 51s, the reason why their resale value remains fairly consistent and high after the, the first owner is because they're not impulse buys. The market has dictated that these watches will hold their value because the components inside of them will hold their value. They are not dime a dozen components. Right. Yes, Seiko and Swatch have found ways to mass produce these components, but they're the only ones that can do it. You can't go on Alibaba and build a Seiko SKX. You can't go on Alibaba and build a Swatch System 51, yeah. at least not to a reasonable degree. So that that is that is the the thing here that uh, what we're seeing here is a totally other extreme yeah. i don't know if it, it doesn't i mean it's it's nice to see that that Jan Olsen didn't pair up with Vincero but uh, i mean at least Vincero is getting people into watches this is this won't uh, maybe this will will be like a kid will look at it wow that's really cool Jan Olsen has a really cool watch yeah but they could never be able to get anything right. like it and i i see that so that that's that's really that's how I feel uh, about about this, and it, it kind of the way that we're talking about this maybe translates into into where we're gonna what we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. on watches today. Um, and actually, we've already started that <laughs> by talking about this uh, this Roger Dubois watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but why don't we talk about a more cost effective collaboration between automotive Anthony's and, and watch specialty. industries? What do you mean, Anthony's special? You, spe- you afford oh because affordable watches, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Moving on from Roger Dubuis, which is so Roger Dubuis, obviously the watch we just spoke about is a is a watch that incorporates elements from the it's automotive world. Yeah, it, novelty is the right word. Sure, no, we'll go with novelty. I'll, I'll tell you what watch is or what watch company is not really a novelty. Autodromo. Sure, I've heard about them before, but I, I've seen them around. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really only got in involved in them in the last twenty four hours. Uh, I know, super sounds super impulsy. But uh, Autodromo, actually, I, I first saw them on um, Analog Shift. If you guys follow Analog Shift on Instagram, they specialize in vintage watches, but they also uh, look into uh, new <laughs> new watches. If, if you guys just saw what Mikey did, it was pretty funny. <laughs> He's trying to cool down our cameras, uh, <laughs> but in, in a pretty uh, hilarious way. Um, hopefully, hopefully some... 
Well, actually, the cam- <laughs> the cameras would never have picked up what you You'll did. never see it because the cameras were off. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm joking. They're still running. <laughs> good, good. Good to know. Um, anyway, back to Autodromo. Autodromo is a brand. Uh, they've been around for a couple of years. They're still relatively new. Are they? Um, yes. But they are, they are really about uh, making instruments for motoring. And when we say motoring, it's the idea of vintage motoring, uh, where you had your gloves, your sunglasses, and your watch, and that was your – and your car. Uh, for again, for Anthony, mm-hmm. uh, racing scarves, racing. Well, there's nothing wrong with a racing scarf. With, yeah, it, with really. the top down, you need to keep your neck and and ears warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Autodromo, of course, because I I like I like vintage and mm-hmm. especially vintage value proposition. That's sure. like those are my two favorite things. So Autodromo is is in that realm. They they don't uh, charge a ton of money for their pieces. They're still relatively inexpensive. Right. Um and and it's another it's one of those things where you have the automotive and the watch world combining into this company. That's Autodromo. And what really appealed to me was a post in the last 24 hours analog uh, shift made um of the Autodromo uh, group B. The Group B is one of their watches. I'll be honest, the other Autodromo watches, I think they're attractive. Excuse me, but I would never buy one. Um, I'm looking at all of them right now. Yeah, like their chronographs. I, I, I again, I'm a, I like. Speed did you Masters. see the the Autodromo Stradale? Yes, the cream dial. Yes, I don't like that. I don't like how narrow the strap is, though. Yeah, the, the strap's very narrow. Doesn't fit it's it proportionally. Super vintage. It looks like a Mustang. Did you see the, uh, the case back? I did not see the case back. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Ooh, side profile. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. No, that's fairly interesting. It's, yeah, super thick, though. Mm-hmm. And, it reminds uh, me of my Carrera. Yeah. But it, that's and like... It's weird how the lugs kind of sit underneath it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're not talking about this watch. No. Group B, Group B. The Group B watch. Uh, it, it's sort of right in my wheelhouse of, of the my, my current favorite type of design. Sure. It's minimalist, but there's... It manages to balance minimalism with tons of, of time going into its its actual design. So for, first off, you said it yourself. I mean, this Autodromo Group B looks like a Swatch watch from yes. far away. And that's because... It looks like a, like a System 51. Exactly. That's because of the angle that the lugs uh, form around the dial uh, or, um, you know, to where they connect. Mm-hmm. And in fact, these aren't actual lugs. This case is a solid case, no lugs, no spring bars, just with a sort of a, a clear area for straps to flow through and that all feeds back into what it's about it, it, this watch was developed and designed to be reminiscent of group b rally and what that what group b rally meant in case you guys don't know back in the uh in the mid 80s um there was the group b era of racing it was rally racing with like no rules you, you could make whatever car however fast as much power as you want mm-hmm. and that is when uh uh, the companies like Audi, Lancia, uh, and I don't really know what other you know member. I think Ford had a had a really cool Escort that did it. BMW. They were BMW. Yeah, they had they were all wheel drive, uh, turbocharged, su- like hugely powerful cars in a mm-hmm. lightweight chassis. And these guys, these race car drivers, these you know the, the crazy people would rip through uh, terrain like deserts, uh, woodland areas, um, just very very difficult yeah. terrains at, at incredible speeds and the fans would be right on the edge of the track you could get hit by a car there were accidents where people were hit by cars people were killed in these racings in the in these races and that's why it only lasted about uh four years four or five years 
because they had to stop it. So Group B rally was a time of just, uh, you know, huge improvements in technology in, in how powerful uh, turbocharged engines could become, how lightweight the vehicles could become, and also how dangerous driving could be at the limit. So all of that Group B rally inspired the design of this watch. And when you look at it, the, the things that inspired the watch are, are where um, Autodromo has designed the case to be sort of technologically improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very cool. It's like a three-piece uh, design in the case. Uh, the dial is very minimalist, sort of reminiscent of of, uh, of the gauges in a car. It's very 80s and retro, and I like that about yep. it. Um, it's just a very cool piece, and it's striking to me. The straps that it comes on look like safety harnesses. Uh, they have the the badge sort of on the inside, st- yeah, uh, stitched to the inside of the of the strap yep. in the same way that like say belt or Takata would be on a on a safety harness in a race car. Just a very cool looking watch, and it, and it's one the one of the things it did to me was the same thing the Ming did, and the same thing the Universal Geneve Pole Router did. Yep. I saw it, and instantly it drew my eye. It instantly I was I was hooked. Yeah. I knew I liked it, uh, which is something I don't get often. So I am seriously thinking about buying one of these watches. Yep. I was about to totally discredit it when I read. About Wait, hold movement. on. I was just gonna get there. Yeah. And I want to ask you this, Anthony. Yes. yes. What do you think about it, knowing that it has the Miota 9015 movement? There was a time where I was young and dumb. We, we, no, we mentioned we, about the... We've mentioned it many times. I'm yeah. going to mention it again. And I bought an original grain watch. And now, I did not take what, great care of the watch. I did smash it a couple times by accident on the ground. And it's possible that I didn't know what I was doing and I broke something on the inside. Probably. But it had a Miyota quartz movement. Miyota, if you guys don't know, is an arm of Citizen. Uh, All Citizen watches are are powered by some type of Miyota technology, Miyota movement. Miyota being the same as as Seiko. Yeah. Um, And Miyota does quartz. They do automatic, self-winding. I don't know if they do any uh, manually wound uh, movements. But anyway, Miyota is the bargain uh, bargain bin movement and they're very popular in micro brands if you look like uh, our friend uh, actually showed me a really cool diver a couple months ago after I bought the SKX an alternative to the SKX really and it, it, it was a fantastic diver had a lot of really high-end diving technology but in an affordable package it used a Miyota movement mm-hmm. and the reality is because of my initial experience with a, a Miyota in the original grain I I had this thing about Miyota, and I I just hated any time I'd see a watch powered by a Miyota. I I immediately discredited it and said, you know what, that's crap. Yeah. It, but in reality, the Miyota movement in this watch is more advanced than the Seiko movement in my SKX. And I can rant all day about how the Seiko movement's a workhorse, it's robust, it'll last forever, and it's t- tried and tested. Honestly, the same can be said about this Miyota movement. Yep. I keep on telling you. Yeah. You got to get it out of your head. Well, it, but the, the the fact that you just had a really bad experience. Exactly. And and I'll, I'll tell you specifically what it was. It was, I remember when I sold the original grain, I tried to change the date for the guy I was selling it to. And it felt like I was, I was turning uh, the crown in a, in a sandbox. Like <laughs> it was so clunky. It was skipping, not seconds, but full mit like, or sorry, it wasn't skipping minutes. It was skipping like five minutes at a time to change the time. I didn't know what was wrong with it. And it's probably because when I was screwing around with it, when I was tinkering with it, I probably did something to break the movement inside. I didn't sell this guy a crap watch. I still kept time, but there was something wrong with it for sure. 
and he just bought it for the look. Uh, he didn't really care. I, I made it all clear to him and, and everything's still set, the date set and all that. Original Grain also put it in a terrible package where you couldn't, it was so hard to tell the crown position because of these chunky crown guards. Uh, so again, Original Grain ruined for me the Miyota movement. And I am sorry, Miyota. But I'm here to say today that the Miyota movement in certain uh, in certain things, in certain, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in certain packages. Sure. It works. It is a way for micro brands like Autodromo micro brands like that, uh, diver watch that, uh, that our, our friend showed us, uh, months ago. It's a way for them to bring to market their product with a robust, reliable movement for not so much money. Uh, you, you mentioned money. Yeah. This, this watch here, given that you're, it's a thousand dollars us yeah yeah you don't think that's a lot of money it is a lot of money um but considering what can be got out there with a seiko movement yes well for sure from seiko alone like you can i mean the alpinist which we rant and rave about yep. is half of that right half that cost that's, that's, they actually discontinued yeah. the alpinist yeah many seikos but i also think that there's no seiko design as radical as this and it seems very well thought out, this design. It really does appeal to me. I, I do think it's going to be... So, what I... what for, I, But forget about the aesthetic of the yes. watch. You're, you're, you're paying for the mechanics. Well, obviously, you're paying... See, that's where I disagree. I think in this case, you're not you're, paying... You're, you're, you're keeping it below 1,500... Like, honestly... You, you think with, with, with a different... With, like, a Salita movement, this would be... 100%. Substantially more. We yeah. saw, well, I mean, Autodromo offers uh, a chronograph um, watch with a Seiko movement. Okay. Now, that watch is $1,800 US versus this watch of $925 Which one US. is that? Uh, I think it was the, uh, what was it? What was it called? The Fords? The Ford GTs? No, the Mo- Monoposto. Okay, I see. Yeah. So, cool. yeah, and they, they come with a Seiko movement, but they're also $1,800 US. Yeah. So, it, it's all really in line. I just, there's something very striking about this watch and this dial, and I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy looking at it in pictures. Whether or not I buy it, the price is the biggest factor because I have multiple value proposition watches, and I wear them thoroughly, and I thoroughly enjoy them. Mm-hmm. This would be this is much more expensive than than the Seiko. It's much more expensive than the uh, what's it called than the uh, than my uh, System Fifty One. Mm-hmm. It's about the same price as my Ming, but it's also not as rare as my Ming. It's something you know. There's I don't think there's a limited run uh, production run. It doesn't appear watches. so. Yeah, yeah. It comes. They come with a serial number, but I don't understand what the serial number yeah. relates to. I just think that I want to draw attention to it because. It is a, they're a watch company who is really involved in motorsport or yeah. the idea of motorsport, the yeah. passion behind motorsport. And they've developed a, a really cool yeah. watch. Even their other, their other products are very cool. Um, their accessories, they, they sell straps, standalone straps. They sell sunglasses, mm-hmm. uh, driving gloves, all like even the driving gloves. If you look at some of these, they look really of good quality. Oh yeah, like I, I I think Autodromo is a fantastic uh, brand, but does it does it does the price just is it justified by that price? I think no matter what way you cut it, um, and no matter how much I can convince myself the Miyota movement is fine, and it is nine hundred and twenty five US for this watch is quite a bit. If it was five hundred and twenty five, I probably would have bought it already. But they're asking just over a thousand dollars Canadian for this watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be my, the ultimate factor. And I guess you guys will follow me along that journey if I end up buying it. 
but we'll see. It, it's just it's a really I think it's a really cool watch. There's not a lot like it that I see, and I really like the the color schemes on it too. You know what I think, Anthony? What you should buy some of these gloves. I do. It. My brother. My brother uh, still has, says my Christmas gift is on its way, and they are those gloves. From Autodromo? Um, not from Autodromo. It's a different company, I think, sponsored by Petrolicious. Oh, another very cool yeah. brand. And they'll be leather. They, if you guys don't know Petrolicious, go look them up on YouTube. They make cool videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, Drive Time book. Drive Time. My God, Anthony. Drive yeah, time. I know. Uh, anyways, yeah. Jay Leno's in this book. Oh. What is this about? Sponsored by Jay See, like Autodromo has a lot of cool sponsored products. Sponsored by Jay Leno. Yeah, they, really? got, they have a lot of cool products, I'm telling you. Um, so yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting by? to see what happens with this. Moral of the story is the Miyota. If you guys want info on really, really, really good propos- uh, value proposition watches? Talk to Anthony. Honestly, I, that's my specialty. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Don't come to me. Oh, you're getting a bunch of messages. I can't, for the life of me, turn off, hide the alerts on group chats, and they're they are they are guys. You are seeing this, killing me right now. Uh, it won't stop. My, this my is phone really annoying. will not stop buzzing. I can't stop it. And so I'm just going, uh, did you leave the group I, chat? I left it once. They added me back in. We have friends that like to do nothing with their lives. Uh, it seems. Because <laughs> and just message and message and mess- re-add yeah. and message and message and re-add. I would Whoa. leave the conversation now, but it's just going to cause a stir. So I'll, 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 oh my God, if this thing doesn't stop buzzing, I'm going to lose my mind. I, I think this is it. I think we need to end this. Yeah. But um, uh, we've talked, on that note, <laughs> we've talked about quite a bit today. Um, a couple little things, little short things, um, but exciting update coming. Um, Geneva's coming. Yes. Setting off the yeah. It makes sense. Well, no, exciting, exciting uh, stuff coming up. We've mm-hmm. got Geneva coming. We've got the start of the Formula One. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you guys, I'll keep you guys informed if I end up buying this thousand dollar Miyota. Well, I think we're both in the market for new watches. Well, um, we always are. Well, obviously, yeah. but for me, um, I know I was saying I'm looking for a diver. Yeah, I don't think so anymore. Given that we're going to the to the Formula One race in Texas, you want a chronograph? I want a I want a nice race inspired. What race? What race inspired? What you said you were looking at show parts? I was looking at the Mila Milias. But Millie Millies go for, if I'm not mistaken, like six plus. That's, is that about right? Yeah. That's a uh, lot well, of money, five, man. Five, six. I know. That's why I'm, I need you, Anthony. Your value yeah, proposition. Yeah, you need a value pro- I can find you a great value proposition uh, chronograph. Over well, 40 millimeters, please. Because uh, yeah. all your value propositions tend to be under 40 millimeters. Well, because they're, they're, uh, they're you know, relative in, in design. and they're, Yeah, you know, Speedmasters, looking at Millie Yeah, Millies. here we go. Here we go. Uh, if anyone is looking to sell a Snoopy dial, Speedmaster, those are or a be Panda dial, that's going to be a hard find. Looking both super popular, um, but yeah, I think with we that, you know what we didn't even do today? What wristwatch check? We did not do. You know, what we might as well. So throw I think it we in. we should finish off with a wristwatch. Let's watch finish check. off on a wristwatch check. What you got, my boy? I got the Ming on the chocolate. Oh, perfect. Uh, we can see dial. on video the yes. uh, the strap that you copied me with. Well, no, because yours is anthracite. I have the anthracite uh, new buck strap as well. So do these look the same? We're gonna put these, yeah. We're gonna put tell these us. screens side by side. Keeping in mind, us. I have I this is the chocolate one. I have an anthracite that looks identical to that. But no, the new buck strap on the Ming is is fantastic. I, I really do enjoy it. I'm wearing it a little bit looser today. Uh, I gotta tighten that because that is quite annoying. It's because your wrist is bigger in the morning. Is that it? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Science. Yeah, science. Um, but yeah, Bodies. I'm wearing the Pam 380. Very cool. My favorite watch right now. Well, yeah, of course. It's a lifelong dream. Well, not so much lifelong. 
But you know, it's simple. Yeah. Doesn't there's a lot of similarities between between the anthracite dial on the Ming and, and the plant and the Pam three eighty because of the polished case and the and the dark yeah. dial. It's very similar. And and I well my my dot my dials are printed white. Yours I think have a different offset. They've got the loom. Yeah. So they got like a black a different. black uh, grayish border around yeah. them and the loom in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I recently moved my watch case out in to closer to like a window mm-hmm. so they get sunlight all day pretty well um not direct sunlight but it's in a room so you're charging full of light up. yeah you're charging and every up, time yeah. i put on the panerai it's like whoa, it's lit loom. up like a christmas tree. yeah yeah anyways that's mm-hmm. enough jibber jabber jibber jabber um, uh well we hope you guys enjoyed today's show and everything we covered yeah sadly uh, we're having camera issues. i'm so sorry yeah i know we're gonna, we're gonna i want it to work YouTube. just as much as you guys want it to work probably yeah. you know what i probably want it to work more because you guys probably don't care because what I care, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we, we, we are trying our best to get it up. And you know, so you guys coming closer to the warmer weather, coming closer yes. to the arrival of Anthony's beloved motorcycle. Oh, don't remind me. Yeah. Um, yeah. we are anticipating the release of some YouTube videos. Pretty yes, soon. Yes. Yes. Some separate from these soon to be hopefully Separate podcast from the podcast, we, we do plan uh, on doing a lot of video content uh, and recording yeah. some some cool stuff. So hopefully with this warmer weather and the arrival of your motorcycle, exactly, we can start doing that. For sure. But for now, if you guys want some excellent content, usually about once or twice a week, <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Timelapse Podcast. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. So we got a couple followers there at Timelapse Podcast. Awesome. Even though there's zero content there, we still got the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check us out on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe YouTube. It depends. Eventually, camera start working. I think is the one you're iTunes. Yeah, we're on iTunes. Uh, Everything's at Timeless Podcast. Yeah. If you want to follow Anthony personally, it's at Anthgab. And if you want to follow Mikey personally, he's at Mike Trevs. Yeah. Is that right? I can't. One hundred percent right. That is right. Perfect. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, have a nice week. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye now. Mm-hmm.